I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm George Norrie, and welcome to the new iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Like us on Facebook, tell your friends, and share us with everyone. This is an exciting new network that will feature podcasts of the paranormal, supernatural, and the unexplained. Now please sit back and enjoy Dark Becomes Light with Heidi Hollis. The thoughts and opinions expressed by the host are thoughts and opinions only and do not necessarily reflect those of iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio, Coast to Coast AM, employees of Premier Networks or their sponsors and associates. You are encouraged to do the proper amount of research yourself, depending on the subject matter and your needs. are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Welcome to my show. Remember, this is the place you go to when you want to hear the latest personal paranormal stories or anything and everything out of the ordinary. Come here, vent, listen, give advice, share your research. I'm talking about absolutely anything and everything out of the ordinary, angels to aliens. I want you to go to my main website, which is HeidiHollis.com or ShadowFolks.com and tell us about it. The more details, the better, because I'm telling you, it really helps to paint a picture. Otherwise, we're often left with a lot of questions going, I wonder how they got to that point, or I wonder what exactly it looked like, or I don't know. You tell me what was happening in your life, because it really does all help to contribute to the conversation, and it allows me the opportunity to uh, better understand the phenomena as well in my research and my writing things out and my sharing with the next person. We are all in this together. We all have pieces of the puzzle, and we will get this solved to a certain degree, but I'm not really hopeful we're going to get the whole picture. Um, but that's okay, because the mystery of this world makes it fun to be here, doesn't it? I mean, I think so. Uh, <laughs> you know, I want to tell you guys, we're going to have a really fabulous conversation with a really, really interesting guest. I have Margie Kay, who will be coming up after this first break, because uh, wow, she covers everything from angels to aliens as well. Uh, Near-death experiences, hauntings, uh, Bigfoot, you name it. She's written about it and investigated it. And uh, I've known her for a very, 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 very long time. And uh, she's she's quite, uh, quite versatile. And I, I dig it. And I think you're going to enjoy the conversation. So, but first, before we get to her, I'm going to get to... 
<laughs> a message that was sent to me, I don't know, on one social media pa- platform or another. Um, <laughs> because uh, I always open up people to send me a message, right? And they'll send me a message. And sometimes I'll say, hey, you know, can you send that through my website so I can share this on the air? And other times they're like, can you just take what I sent you here, the message? Okay, sure. So this was <laughs> some time ago. And I'll, I'll take like a screenshot of the conversation, right? And I'll email it to myself. And sometimes it just gets lost. And um, this is from several months ago, but it's it's okay. It popped up eventually in my email box uh, to myself. I'm like, what did I send myself? Oh, here we go. It's a, it's a story of something. And I haven't read it uh, ahead of time. And I'm piecing together my little screenshots here to share with you today. It's not special. Um, so <laughs> this person, uh, we'll just call them... Uh, Hmm. Preacher man. How about that? Because that's part of their screen name. All right. It says, good morning, Heidi. I'm watching your interview on another program. The title is called The Hat Man, which totally caught my attention. There's only one other person outside of that I have ever heard speak on this. As a teen, I was shown in a vision while sleeping a beast on top of a terminal tower, a skyscraper building in downtown Cleveland, Ohio. The winged beast was throwing fireballs down onto the street, destroying everything, and every being was hit by the fireball in this vision. You know, I swear, some of these stories that I get sent to me, they sound familiar. They sound like ones that I've read before. And, uh, you know, stop me if you guys have heard it before. Sometimes people send me, uh, you know, they'll send me a message and I think they send me an email as well. But maybe some of these stories as well are just so darn similar that uh, it just rings in my head of like, have I heard this before? Um, Not surprising, though. Okay, but I'll continue. In this vision, I was being guided by a voice instructing me to stay clear of the fireballs because if hit by one of them, my soul would be consumed. Oh, wow. And I would go down to hell. So I made my way into the terminal tower and went downstairs to the elevators, standing at the door. Oh, chills. Absolutely chills. (sighs) Standing at the door was a man wearing a black hat, black suit, black briefcase, and fire in his eyes. He said that he had the contract ready for me to sign so he could take my soul. Well, of course. (laughs) I refused. The elevator door opened up along with the winged beast that was on top of the elevator. Then suddenly, a large angel appeared and said, He cannot be touched. Immediately, I was embraced by the angel and taken away to a bridge that overlooked the city. The angel said, I am Gabriel, and then showed me a city lit up like I have never seen before. Gabriel said this, is what the new city will look like. I awoke after I was shown the new city. 
tremendous. You know, I swear somebody sent me very similar story. If this is not the same person, I wonder if um, they indeed just thought, well, she's probably never going to get to my message I sent her. I'm going to send this to you in an email. I have to go through my emails and check it out and try to compare it. But for those of you who have not heard it, this is all new for you. Um, But in all honesty, over the years, I have heard so many stories that ring so similar and like have that same like vibe through it. And uh, we're all getting messages. We're all getting messages. We're all getting very uh, similar feeling that something is going on. Um, We're getting insight on things that are just so uh, intriguing. It's really hard to dismiss what others are experiencing when you've had it yourself and you know somebody that's had these types of visions themselves. I mean, it's uh, it's kind of cool to be able to um, share and, and see yourself and your stories and others. So I appreciate, Preacher Man, uh, that you sent this along. Um, and you know what? I wanted to address something that uh, I haven't uh, spoke as much in depth on regarding Hatman. So, Hatman, what does he look like? Okay, we all know, right? Don't we? No? Okay, all right. I'm going to go over it. So he tends to wear a flat-rimmed hat, gaucho hat, uh, sometimes no hat, but he also changes up his hat. I've heard everything from a cowboy hat um, to a little fedora, uh, just so many different things. And, And when he's wearing these types of hats, he's generally wearing a trench coat. If you could see the details of him, he has a three-piece suit with a watch on his hip. Uh, You can sometimes see him with a cane, even. Um, But that one, having the cane, is not as common, but he does at times have it. Uh, If you see his skin, his uh, eyes are solid black. If he smiles, say a prayer because it's the nastiest smile you ever did see. And it's like really like sharky teeth, really toothy, gross rows and rows of very thin razor-like teeth. Uh, But then there's this other form that I kind of lumped together as being another form that hat man can appear as, right? Uh, Top hat, uh, wearing a cape, also three-piece suit, sometimes pinstripes to the pants, um, big, nasty grin, uh, very evil presence uh, feel that comes off from him. And uh, he does often have a cane, sometimes a chained watch. Sometimes you can see red inside of his cape. And uh, sometimes, too, uh, he'll wear brown pants or, or change it up altogether. Now, I've had people over the years say, are you sure this is the same guy? And Personally, I haven't dealt with when he's got the top hat thing on, okay? Hat men coming to me in dream form, I have had very limited. Um, He came to me in my bedroom. Uh, I refused to look at him just before I put out the book exclusively dedicated to him called The Hat Man. And um, and then the dream where I took the hat and smashed it in his face. Um, But (laughs) it's... uh, it's something that I personally don't have to deal with so much dealing with Hatman because I've learned how to protect myself. So the people around me, uh, people I work with, uh, family, friends, 
they may have more encounters with such a thing or feel the presence of such a thing than myself. And I try to tell people how to protect themselves if they listen, if they want to still be my friend. (laughs) Um, I just try to arm them with this information. Now, um, so I don't have this direct kind of contact between myself and hat man or this other top hat man type of thing. Um, To me, Evil is evil, right? And I always say that. Evil is evil. Changing up one's outfit a little bit and having the same grin, the same feel, the same uh, goals, the same laughter, the same kind of chatter and talk and coming to people in the exact same manner. I really, really, at this point, still feel it may indeed be the same entity. Now, there are those that work for Hatman. Does he have a favorite? (laughs) He could. It really could, for all we know. Uh, but he's got a lot of minions that work for him. And I just wanted to address that here quickly on the show, just to say, you know, verdict is out. Nobody has all the answers, right? I'm just piecing it together and sharing as it comes. So um, just wanted to let you guys know. Now, again, I want to remind you, go to HeidiHollis.com. Tell me what's going on out there. Tell me your stories. Give me your research. Send a long video. I don't mind. Uh, I love reading and I love that you trust me to uh, keep things private if you want or to put it here on the show. And um, don't forget to also go to my website, theoutlanderscomic.com and follow my paranormal comic strip on Instagram at the Outlanders comic and uh, have a good laugh. I love doing comics. It's all I ever wanted to be, but here I sit with you and still doing my comics. All right, you guys, we got Margie K coming up after the break. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Stick around. We'll be right back. I swear. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. She's a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way. Knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in The Jinx. Now the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. 
because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And I have Margie Kay, who is the CEO, owner, and president of a forensic investigation company. She is also the director of the Oz Interdimensional Communication Institute and president of the UNEX Media and KUNX Digital Broadcasting Network. And she is a 40-year veteran in UFO and paranormal investigations. She is also known for remote viewing and helping to solve over 60 missing persons and homicide cases. She also serves as the Assistant State Director and Education Coordinator for Missouri MUFON and as the Director for the Oz Interdimensional Communication Institute. Margie is a licensed private investigator in Missouri and she is the author of 14 books with a film in the works. So everybody I'd like to welcome Margie Kay to the show. How are you doing there, Margie? I'm doing great. My goodness. It has been wonderful reconnecting with you. We used to hang out year after year after year. And, yes. Oh, man, we had a blast at the Ozark UFO conference. I mean, I don't think there's anything quite like it, uh, you know, especially back in the day when everybody would congregate from all over the country and we just all knew each other. It was like a, a family that met once a year, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like a family reunion for everybody. Truly, fun. truly, truly. But you, I always give you credit. You are a pioneer of many sorts. I mean, my goodness, is there any area of mystery that you have not covered? I mean, Let's just go over a little bit uh, of, of what it is that you do, because it's all encompassing. So I'll let you take the wheel on this, sister. <laughs> OK, well, I guess everything started when I was a kid and people could not give me an explanation as to what I was seeing, what I was describing, what I was seeing. So later on, I found out that that meant I was psychic and I was able to see energy fields, see music and hear color you know, with synesthesia, things like that. And then later on, as I got older, my abilities increased and I started doing professional uh, private readings for people and then got into remote viewing and I developed my own remote viewing techniques. And so, you know, I wrote a book about that. And then I got into UFOs. I, I mean, I saw my first UFO when I was 17 years old got interested in that. And, and somewhere along the way, I decided, well, I'm going to find out all the answers to these mysteries. But uh, of course, those of us who are in the field, 
realize that that is never going to happen, <laughs> never going to have all the answers to all these things. So I'm interested in Sasquatch, UFOs, um, extraterrestrials, consciousness and contact, interdimensionals, time travel, all, all of these things that experiences that I've had. And then I investigate uh, other people's experiences. I love it. You're my twin flame. That's that's how I'm going to call you now. <laughs> well, like, we are pretty much, yes. Right? It's like, how can you limit it? it? There is such a big world of mystery out there. I have a really hard time saying, oh, just stick with Bigfoot. Oh, just stick with it. And are you finding yeah. that these things are all related in some strange way? And they absolutely are. And I think everybody who investigates paranormal knows that by now. They realize at some point, you know, after they've been doing this for a little while, they figure out you cannot separate the subject. It's impossible because a person that has, say, a Sasquatch encounter is most likely also going to have paranormal things happening in their house or they're going to see UFOs or have close encounters. It's just it's just all interrelated and you cannot separate it. Do you think this is part of that uh, hitchhiker syndrome that people talk about that you experience one thing in a place and it might follow you? Or is it that person that's open? Well, I really tend to think that it is the person themselves. It's the person because it's all about your vibration, your vibratory rate. And as you increase your vibration through meditation or intent, then all of these worlds open up to you these new things will open up. You'll see new things and have new experience. Yeah, I, I, I know what you're speaking of. I, I used to have a UFO paranormal discussion group and people would come just because they're curious. And then the next month they come back because they had an experience. I, I could always yes. like, see this pattern forming. I'm like, what is this? You know, um, but now I think we just have this understanding though too. It's like people do get more open-minded and uh, their curiosity oftentimes gets met with the thing that uh, they're curious about or something they really did not want. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, well, occasionally, yes, that does yeah. happen too. Yes. Uh, yeah. Like when you open yourself up, uh, it, it, everything starts to come in. So there is a point where you have to learn how to protect yourself yes. against the negative stuff. And I, I know you know all about that. And, mm. uh, you, you know, the shadow people experiences that you've had etc. Yeah. There are things that, that a person can do to protect themselves before they open themselves up to these experiences. Indeed. And, uh, yeah, I, I, that's super important. It is. It is. Now, you being a, a education coordinator for Missouri MUFON um, and also assistant state director for them, have you seen the patterns of what people would determine as being a more negative experience with uh, alien beings. And how do you categorize that? Because there are people, I mean, you and I, we've sat and talked so many times and we've met people who are excited about their experiences and then others who are absolutely terrified. How do you help people understand what it is they're experiencing when it comes to that? Well, there are two things. First of all, I give them some protection methods to kind of keep the negative ETs away. And then I explain to them something that's very important. And that is whatever your expectations are and your fears are, is what you're going to attract. So if you focus on, and, and mainly through meditation, 
if you focus on positive and benevolent beings around you, that's what you'll attract. And if you and if those things are around you, the negative can't get through or they'll have a much more difficult time. And I understand with people who have experienced negative things for years, it is much more difficult for them to get rid of that than someone who's just had one experience or two. So it, it's a training process, but they can learn to do it. And it is a process. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's fascinating. You know, I love that you call yourself a 40 year veteran of UFO and paranormal uh, investigation. And as an author, it's like been in the trenches essentially, you know, so I, I it, it's not been an easy uh, uh, path to break this down for people. And then, uh, you know, you broke down new barriers. I mean, you, you put so much out there and you're the author of several books. I, I'd love to hear about some of the topics that you've covered in all of these books. Well, I've, I've got a few of the topics done and I'm working on some more to come because it all has to get out somehow. <laughs> um, I've got the remote viewing book, of course, focuses on learning how to do remote viewing and it's a workbook. So if a person goes through that process, they will increase their psychic abilities and their remote viewing abilities and learn how to protect themselves. And uh, I also do an online workshop, which right now I'm working on. I've always done it in person. And right now I'm working on an on-demand workshop. So people can just take, you know, 45 minute or, or an hour lecture at a time at their leisure and, and work on things in between. So, so I think that it, it helped that person uh, cement some of these ideas and practices uh, to have that time in between. So to take their time doing it. But I've also got uh, a book called the Kansas City UFO Flaps, which focuses on some of the more major events that have happened in Kansas City, which is a major UFO hotspot. I'm currently working on one for the whole state of Missouri, which includes several big events that have happened here over the years since, well, the 1800s, but biggest one starting in 1941 with the Cape Girardeau UFO crash. And then I'm going to cover three more crashes that have happened since then that are documented and the big Piedmont uh, UFO flap in the 1970s, which was you know, covered by National News and Walter Cronkite, things that people today might not be so aware of. So I'm working on that. Then I have got, you know, a number of others. I've got a, a new one recently that came out called Winged Aliens. And I have a theory that these, a lot of these winged creatures like Mothman, pterodactyls, even fairies, things like that are actually extraterrestrials or interdimensional beings they're they're not something that you know because i have so many pterodactyls yeah thunderbirds yeah and thunderbirds and i've i've actually seen a thunderbird myself whoa and and maybe some baby pterodactyls i mean i was i was shocked but i have so many reports that there has to be something going on and i think they're going in and out of dimension because no one ever finds bones of a giant winged creature, and and then only certain people see them. For instance, a, a man in Independence saw a flying pterodactyl. He pulled off the road off this main highway to look at it, and nobody else had stopped to look. 
You would think that if there's a pterodactyl flying in, in the, <laughs> the, the currents, people would have pulled over, but yeah. but they didn't. And, you know, this guy was very credible. So I believe something is going on. And and I'm interested in all of it. I'm going to uh, I also have a new book coming out on communicating with Sasquatch because I've developed this relationship with, as oddly enough, a UFO investigation what a paranormal investigation turned into a UFO investigation and then a Sasquatch investigation. Wow. Led me to have contact with this entire Sasquatch clan in Missouri. Holy and smokes. These, this clan has a shaman and this shaman has worked on me several times and actually healed me. Absolutely amazing. Let's stop right there so we could get to our next break. And I want to remind everybody to find me on social media at one, the number one, Heidi Hollis. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook using that handle. And, uh, you know, reach out and let's chat. All right. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM paranormal podcast network stick around we'll be right back with more margie k i'm scott weinberger journalist and former deputy sheriff in my new podcast series cold-blooded the apollo jim murders i'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter billy halper just a shame you know that they took him from us Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst and the Jinx. Now, the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how, I don't know where, I don't know what. God, if you show me, God, if you tell me, God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Welcome back. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I have Margie Kay with me, who is absolutely phenomenal in all the areas that she covers. And she was just uh, discussing some of her books and topics that she covers and going into the topic of Bigfoot and communication with Bigfoot. Uh, do continue, because uh, I'm absolutely fascinated by this mysterious creature that is seen all over the globe. And um, to open up communications would be <laughs> a breakthrough. Well, I, I should probably start at the beginning with my contact with this plan, how, how it occurred. There was a paranormal team in, in Missouri, and they live in an area where there's this conservation area. And the people who run this are actually police detectives. So they have all the training and, you know, site investigation work that they've done and all of the equipment that they needed with this paranormal group. Their son, one of their sons, went out to do some hunting and he came back and told them this story about how he was in the conservation area and he was looking across a field when a a very tall eight foot Bigfoot came out of the woods and picked some berries and leaves and things and then went back into the woods. So this group wanted to go out to investigate that spot. And they did so. They went out before dusk and they got set up. They had all their cameras set up in this field. And then as it got dark, these balls of light started coming out of the woods and messing around their equipment and looking at them and then go back in the woods. And they could see maybe about a third of them with the naked eye, but the camera was picking up a lot more. And they're wondering what the heck these lights are. When you suddenly see, and they videotaped all this, so they they called me and asked me to come down and take a look at this video on their big screen TV. So that's what I'm looking at. And I see pretty soon the camera is aiming up at the sky and not at these orbs of light on the ground. And they're talking about it and they're saying, oh, that's a helicopter. And, no, that's a plane. No, wait a minute, it stopped. What, did, what does that mean? And then there's these other lights that come on and there's a lot of them. And so now they're more concentrated on this thing in the sky. So that's why they called me in and to take a look at this UFO. Well, it wasn't just they thought it was a bunch of UFOs coming off and on or moving from one part of the sky to another instantly because a light would go off and then another light would come on. But I saw a pattern. So I saw a gigantic mothership instead. And then when I pointed that out, everybody said, oh, my gosh, yeah, you're right. That That is what it is. It was a giant mothership. And so, you know, I did this investigation. I closed it out. And then sometime later, a uh, speaker, I, I went to listen to a speaker talk about the psychic Sasquatch, uh, Kiwani, who, who did this by Zoom. And I listened to it and all of a sudden, I mean, I got the book and I'm reading this book about the psychic connection with Sasquatch. And I thought, hmm, I wonder since I can do telepathic work, if I could connect 
with this Sasquatch that this person saw and see if that really did happen, if there really was a Sasquatch there. Instantly was able to see this male Sasquatch all in black, and he was standing in the woods next to this big tree. He pulled back some brush, and the under part of the tree was hollowed out, and the, you could see the roots, and there was a female Sasquatch there in labor. He was actually bringing her some water uh, in a leaf for her to drink. Whoa. And then there was a smaller Sasquatch standing next to her, a little, you know, a baby Sasquatch, a juvenile. And so I saw that scene and I backed out of it. And I, I said, wow, that that's real. They, there really is a Sasquatch family there. And then not long after that, at, yeah, after I read that book, Psychic Sasquatch, I thought, well, let me just see if I can communicate with this Sasquatch. Instantly, he's right there in front of me. So this is a remote viewing process. So I was where he was, and he was where I was. And he's physically standing in front of me. And he says, what do you want to know? <laughs> like, wow, this is unreal. Because with telepathic communication, whatever the language is, is converted to your language. So you can telepathically communicate with anybody on Earth or any ET or, or, you know, any being, any animal, which I've done as well with horses. But um, he answered some questions for me. I asked him his name. He said, just call me Dave. And I just laughed because all I thought was a teaching <laughs> call movie. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I call him Dave. Uh, and he then eventually appeared at my house and he introduced me. He says, I want you to meet the elder of our clan. So this was a big deal that this elder came and he, he had white hair and brown hair mix. He looked much older and he was scoping me out really to make sure that I was the right energy level and right vibration for them to be in touch with. And so he approved of me. And then shortly after that, he actually physically appeared on my property. He walked oh. out from behind my shed and here, you know, here's an eight foot tall <laughs> male Sasquatch standing 30 feet from me. And then he, he just displayed himself solidly appearing and then backed up. And then several times I have heard giant steps walking on the railroad tracks behind my house on the gravel. And then I noticed this pattern coming. I noticed that when the owls were, would hoot back and forth to each other, then the Sasquatch would come in and I would hear them walking. One evening, this was hysterical. It was Halloween and everybody had left. We'd had a party. Everybody had left. My daughter and I were sitting in the back yard talking and it was midnight. So I said, oh, I said, this is the time uh, for the Sasquatch to come in. She's like, what? I go, yeah, first the owls are going to come and then they're going to get closer and then the Bigfoot is going to come. And I said, just sit real quiet and listen. So pretty soon here comes the hoot owl and it's off at some distance. And then it gets closer. And she's like, wait a minute. Are you kidding me? So then it's right on top of us. It's right in my yard, this hoot owl. 
And then it's talking to another one that's a little farther away. And then we hear crunch, crunch on the gravel. And she's like, oh my God, you're right. And, and we jumped up right at that moment. My grandson put on a long wig, and this is in the dark, right? Comes around the corner. It looks like a Sasquatch standing there. <laughs> and she screamed. Oh my gosh, it was so funny. <laughs> it was so funny. But um, anyway, after that, they introduced me to the rest of their clan. So I met a number of a female and male Sasquatch. And then one day I had a different problem, a medical issue. Okay. And I asked Dave if there was a shaman in their clan who could come help me. And he said, yes. And she suddenly appeared seven foot tall, light brown hair, female, and her two sons were with her. She was training them to be shaman. And she had a feather headdress on her head. Oh. And I'm looking at the headdress and I'm thinking, what is that? And she says, never mind about that. Just go to sleep. Okay, I will just go to sleep. <laughs> so I did. And the three of them worked on me. And the next morning, my problem was gone. Amazing. And I felt better. It was totally amazing. And so then I thought, well, I'm just going to communicate with her. So I communicated with her telepathically. And I asked her if, if she could tell me about the headdress. And I said, did you copy that off of Native Americans? And she said, no, they copied it off of us. Oh, well, there's a thought and a twist. The, yes, the shaman of the tribe wears, wears feathers. And she's also the chief of the tribe. Amazing, huh? It, yeah. These are the moments we live for. First off, freaking out your daughter. And then second off. Yes, yes that's always fun. <laughs> so then having this uh, this communication go so deep with something so mysterious. You know, I always figured people that have the ability such as yourself that uh, there really are few places that you can't venture and find some answers like this. So how how special and how cool. I I just don't know what I would do with all that access. <laughs> it, it has been a wild ride. I will say that. And, and many things have happened to me that I wasn't expecting throughout my entire life. And this is a big one. Sounds like it. Oh, my gosh. Just being able to communicate and then actually see them appear in your house is amazing. And you just get this better understanding of what these creatures are. They're very intelligent. Mm. And they claim to be more intelligent than humans uh, <laughs> as well. And I we, don't doubt it. We have the same claim, don't we? <laughs> Yeah. You know, well, you're the first person I've heard that said they seen something inside because I, I saw a Bigfoot manifest in a woman's home alongside of my friend. And I jumped up screaming Bigfoot. My friend jumped up screaming werewolf. And we watched <laughs> this thing shimmy into reality and shimmy out. It was absolutely amazing and it was in the middle of a city you know it wasn't out in the woods or anything so it's just wild but we gotta get to our next break i could talk about this stuff forever but oh my gosh just my mind is just blown right now um and again i want to remind you guys go to heidihollis.com tell me your stories tell me what it is that you're experiencing out there because this is where we have the conversations about it all right so you guys you are listening to dark becomes light with me Heidi Hollis on the iHeartRadio 
and Coast to Coast AM. Paranormal Podcast Network. Stick around. We'll be right back with more Margie Kay and communication with Bigfoot. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in The Jinx. Now the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I have the fabulous Margie Kay, who has quite the background. I mean, there's no way we could cover everything into one show with you and probably 50 shows even. Um, you have this other side to you that I, I just find so endearing and I think is very important. Uh, you're instrumental in solving over 60 homicide missing persons cases. I mean, please do tell because, you know, there's nothing quite worse than losing a loved one in a mystery. And, you know, tell us your background and getting even involved in such a thing. Well, I was doing standard readings in my early 20s. And this one group of people were all lawyers and legal assistants. And they'd been coming to me for years. 
And one day, one of them called me up and said that her niece had been missing since the afternoon. She did not show up after school. And so they'd been looking for her for hours and she wanted to know if I could help. And I said, well, hang on just a minute. And I kept her on the phone and I thought, how am I going to find this girl? And I suddenly saw this cord or this line coming out of my solar plexus and it started to head out. And I, and I thought, well, okay, I'm going to follow this. So here is a, this was one of my first remote viewing sessions. And I followed it and I'm then I'm, I'm standing, literally standing on a street corner. I mean, I could physically feel the ground. So uh, my astral body or my etheric body had gone out to do this. And I saw these two street signs, this corner, and I asked the woman, is this the corner you're looking for? And she goes, oh my gosh, that's her bus stop. So I said, hang on just a minute. So I start going down, following this line and it's two houses down from the corner. And this house had this big glow around it. I said, well, I think I found it. And I looked at the address and I told her, she says, that house we've already been to with the police because there was a woman there in her 30s that had befriended her niece. And they thought that was kind of odd for a 30-year-old to be making friends with a 14-year-old. So they questioned her. They went to the house and questioned her. And I said, no, hang on. I got I got to look in here. So the line went up and now I'm floating over the house and there's a shed in the back. And then I floated down and now I could see through the top of the shed and I see the girl there. She's asleep, probably drugged and tied up and she has duct tape on her mouth. So I came back and I and I told the woman, I say came back, I just brought my astral body back. And I said, look, she's there. She's in the back in the shed. You've got to go back there right now. And so she called up the detective she'd been working with. And she told him that she was going to go back there to that house with or without him. And he didn't want her to go. But he said, if you insist, I'm going to go with you. She said, we've got to looking back because they've never looked at the shed before. They didn't even go inside the house before. They just questioned these people outside or the woman. And while I was remote viewing, I also saw in the house three people, two men and a woman, and I described what they looked like, and they were all drinking beer and smoking pot. And so I described all this to her. So she didn't explain that to the detective because she thought, you know, he, he wouldn't even pay any attention to it. But they did go back. They went into the shed. They found the girl. She was okay. They were able to save her. The three people were arrested. They admitted that they were selling the girl into white slavery. Oh, horrible. And that she was going to be shipped out of the country the next morning. Oh, that has to be satisfying to have helped so much in, in such a, a dire situation. Yeah, that's when I decided at that moment that I was going to help people who had similar things happen. And I wasn't going to charge for it. So that's what I've been doing ever since. And so I've, I've worked with police. I've worked with uh, agencies with three letters, uh, worked with individuals and private investigators to help locate missing persons. Now, the thing is, they usually don't call me until it's too late. Wow. 
And, you know, it's a last resort thing. It's a, it's a cold case or something like that. Because mm -hmm. if they would call me, if, if the family members, I only work with family members or law enforcement, not other people that just have an interest in wanting to know something because it's a total waste of time. If they're a family member and they've got a missing person, that they'll call me immediately. And you can do that through my website at margiek.com. And my contact information is on there. If you contact me, I will work on it immediately. Don't wait until it's too late because I, I can catch things instantly. Wow. That's, that's amazing. Uh, you also uh, help people in a lot of different areas. I mean, because you, you have the abilities that you do. So what, what are the other services that you provide? I do personal readings. I, I had quit it for years because I just didn't have time, but now I'm, I'm being guided to, to do some of that again. So I will do personal readings and a person can schedule an appointment uh, for about a 30 minute appointment because I found that I can get all the information they need in, in a short period of time. I don't need to spend an hour or you know longer doing it. So <clears throat> the main information that they need, I'll get very quickly. Wow. And, and all I need, I just need to hear the vibration of the person's name. So we do it on Zoom nice. and you know, have a conversation that way. And with the dire times that we're in right now, do you have any insight on our situation these days? Oh boy. You know, so many people have asked me to look into the future to see, and I really have hesitated to do it because I didn't want to see it. But I've had to do a couple of cases lately where I did see the future. And what I'm seeing is the next three years are going to be very, very tough. And prices are going to skyrocket. And food is going to be too expensive to buy or impossible to get. So the advice that I'm giving people is to be self-sufficient, stock up on things that you need, and plan for the long haul. Grow and, and definitely put a garden in. Put your own garden in <clears throat> and maybe some fruit trees, but, but definitely vegetables so you've got food to eat. My goodness. Yeah. It, these things you're just picking up randomly off people you're doing readings for and it's yeah. not looking yeah. great, huh? It's not. Uh, no, it's not. It's not looking good at all. I'm hearing a lot about that. And and I think everybody's gut is telling them, oh, no, <laughs> you know, it, it's it's so many different factors. It's not just the war. It's not just uh, cataclysmic events. It's it's just like this whole something that's just eating at people. And and, and you know, a, another interesting element that I'm finding is people feel that they're at the ready, like their whole lives, like they're here during this time to be ready for this big shift, whatever it is. I, are you finding that? Yes, a, a lot of us have been trained throughout our entire lives to be ready for something big in the future. And I agree with you that I think the time is now because the people involved are people who are alive now and who, who needed to be trained for something. And there's a lot of stuff going on subconsciously. People have had subconscious training or they have memories of, say, being taken on a craft and being trained in certain areas like, you know, piloting or, or whatever it is, and, and then told that they'll remember when the time is right. And the time is now. People are waking up and they're realizing that they know some things that they need to share with others. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's it's amazing, and it's interesting to watch and uh, to talk to so many people and and get the same pattern showing up. I, I'm curious that you're going to be speaking at some uh, conferences, uh, and you host a show. Tell us a little bit about what's going on. Yeah, I host my own show called Unex News, and it's on uh, the Unex Network. And I've got some conferences coming up. Of course, the XCon that I am hosting. And that is May 13th and 14th, and that's virtual, so it's easy to attend. And then I'm going to be speaking at the Bigfoot Conference in Nebraska. I'm going to talk about all of my Bigfoot experiences personally, as well as some other uh, people's experiences. That's in April. And then I'll be talking at the Cape Girardeau UFO Conference in August and the Arkansas Paranormal and UFO conference in October. Wow, you're you're a little bit busy there. So, if people want to get a hold of you and uh, learn more about you or to use your services, where do they go? Just go to my website at margiek.com. It's m-a-r-g-i-e-k-a-y.com, and all the contact information is there. Wonderful. Well, I have to say this has been uh, fabulous catching up with you again. It's been too long, Margie. We can't let that time slip by like that ever again. <laughs> no, we most certainly can't. My goodness. Thank you so much for joining me here on the show. This has been really enlightening. That's been my pleasure. Thank you, Heidi. Absolutely fascinating conversation. Well, you guys, we've come to the bottom of another cool program i like to think um <laughs> i want to welcome you once again go to my main website which is heidihollis.com tell me your stories tell me what it is that you're experiencing out there tell me what you've researched tell me what you're curious about even i mean i want to make sure that you guys know if you want something looked into or some advice or whatever it is this is where you plan it Because how else are we going to solve some of these mysteries out there unless we connect? And this is the place to do that. So, again, go there. Tell me what's going on. And also go to my comic website, which is The Outlanders. Go to theoutlanderscomic.com or follow me on Instagram at theoutlanderscomic. And also my other social media accounts are at one, the number one, Heidi Hollis. And tell me what's going on there as well. People are always surprised that I respond on social media. I'm like, of course I would. I mean, my goodness, we're all in this together, aren't we? Until next time, everybody, you have been listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. We'll see you next time. Stay safe, everybody. Make me a promise on that. Goodbye. Well, if you liked this edition of Dark Becomes Light, wait till you hear the next one. You've been listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.